Here we are, ladies and gentlemen. We're back for another round. Potty, how you going, mate? Mate, I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Another good week. Another good week. Here we are on the Sports Detention Podcast, coming to you live or recorded, because you guys are probably listening to this after the fact, from the Robert Allenby Studio. Jam-packed edition this week, isn't it, mate? Mate, we are flat tack. Uh, Should we get straight into it, Potty? Let's do it. We're here. We have got a lot to get through, mate. But what most importantly has caught your eye, mate? Mate, straight to the golf. I know. I'm jumping the queue. You're thinking golf. That's later down the list. But something caught my eye in the golfing world uh, when Canadian What's happened? Nick Taylor has won the Canadian Open. Canadian, yep. A 72-foot eagle putt to win in the fourth hole playoff, beating Tommy Fleetwood. Hey, that's a cracker. No, that wasn't the best part, mate. He's uh, That wasn't the best hit. No, he's good, mate. Adam Hadwin has found out the hard way that although he's a professional golfer, nobody has any idea who he is. Oh, <laughs> mate, that's a bit harsh. Mate, he has charged the green to celebrate this monumental moment and he's cracked the champagne. He's yep. thinking this is going to be an absolute epic moment. And guess what's happened? What's happening? Security guards crash tackled him. They crash tackled him. So <laughs> the security guards have obviously listened to the Sports Attention Podcast because we were talking about this just, I think, last week, wasn't it? The last episode or one of the most recent episodes. We're talking about how the Kiwis had a policy whereas if you weren't in the nud, pretty much it was fair game. So, mate, was, had, was he clothed? Mate, he was clothed, but I'll tell you what, he, he, he won't remember much of the incident. He was absolutely... Jackknifed. All right, I'm going to have to have a look at it here, mate, because I've I've got the video. I've got the video. Let's just check it out. Hold on a second. So he's coming in. He's just spraying champagne. He's just been poleaxed right under the ribcage. He has absolutely been poleaxed. He's held onto the champagne bottle, though, so well done to him. Yeah, oh, it'd be expensive stuff. Winner of the Canadian Open, probably Moey or something. Oh, something like that. Something <laughs> flash. I don't know. I'm just assuming Moey's expensive. Mate, so, certainly oh. I'd have to assume. So what what we're suggesting here is that the the security at the Canadian Open were doing their job. Hmm. They were doing their job. They may be taking matters into their own hands a little bit. Maybe they were thinking, you know what, maybe they do have similar laws to that of New Zealand and they thought, you know what, these guys aren't going to get arrested. They're not going to get charged. Let's take matters in our own Let, hands. Let's give them a good old-fashioned consequence. That's right. Well, mate, oh, look... I, you got to feel for the the curators though, wouldn't you? Mm, like you know, yes. I think those guys, you know, the grass enthusiasts, they're probably sitting there and they're going, I can deal with champers. Oh, I can just you know a bit of a bit of water, give it a, a nice nice wash off, and it's all good. But I mean, they've had to pick half a body out of the green. <laughs> That's right. They've, and what a divot! <laughs> I mean, they would have been filthy. Oh, mate, absolutely furious, but. At the end of the day, it was a really hard way for poor old Adam Hadwin to find out that, you know, he's not that famous. Yeah, I mean, but I mean, you've got to be thinking, 
a streaker generally doesn't run across a green with a bottle of champagne. No, I, I wouldn't have thought so, but, no. you know, anyway. Um, yep, so that was certainly caught my eye. What else have we got, mate? Mate, are you a fan of Harrison Ford? Uh, which Harrison Ford are we talking about? Are we talking Air Force One Harrison Ford? Or are we talking Ooh, well, his old school stuff? No. Star Wars. Mate, Star Wars. Wasn't he great in Star Wars? No, I'm talking about Indiana Jones. Oh, yes. Bring me back to my childhood, brother. Well, mate, prepare to be brought back. It's the fifth edition is coming out. Oh, I, d- I don't need that. Oh. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I mean, it was just a throwaway comment that I... <laughs> Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny will be released in the US later this month, 42 years after the original Raiders of the Lost Ark was released. The Dial of Destiny. Mm. So That sounds fi- like one of those dodgy phone lines that you can call that was in the back of the paper. Well, Dial- right. <laughs> Dialing Destiny. <laughs> Dialing Destiny. Doesn't oh. it ever. Mate, and... Um, you know, 15 years after the last instalment, I mean, Harrison's probably going to need to take nap breaks, isn't he? Oh, mate, you'd think so. Well, I mean, he's not the only um, veteran actor doing it tough. Old, uh, poor old Brucey Willis yeah, was Bruce. struggling on the on the last, uh, what was it, Die Hard or something that he did. But yep, yeah, he was. Yeah, so, I mean, I don't need it. No. I didn't even see Indy. Indy, I was, I was a big fan of the three. I remember even back... Back in the day, you got the three cassettes, the VHS. Oh, yeah, yeah. You got them at it with like a Macca's Happy Meal yeah, or something. Like. Yeah, yeah. The, um, the good old days. The Indiana Jones trilogy as such. Yep. But, uh, yeah, when they went the fourth one, I was out. Yep. Yeah. Well, and now they're going the fifth one. So I've got to admit, I'll probably give it a watch, but yeah. I don't have the high hopes. Let me know. Yeah. Um, but it got me thinking, mate. What film would you like a sequel or a remake of and what should they never touch? Oh, what could they do a remake of? Yeah, I don't know. I know what they could take back. Yeah, what could they take back, mate? Dumb and Dumber 2 oh. and Anchorman 2. Take yes. them both back. Yeah. Take them both back. They were just diamonds that should never have been touched. I know there are a lot of people saying that they wanted it, but they didn't really want it. Yeah, I mean, there's a difference between wanting it and finding out what you get when you get it Correct. delivered to you on a platter. Correct. Yep, those two absolute cracking originals should never have been redone. What would you do, mate? What would you do remakes of or what would you never want to see? Oh, mate, I thought about sequels. I thought about Ocean's 14. Let's get the band back together. Didn't... Haven't they done that already? They did. Oh. Ocean's, Ocean's 12, Ocean's 13. Let's get Ocean's, Ocean's 14. 14. Didn't they go backwards? They went to eight. They did. They yeah. went to eight. But yeah. that was the chicks. That's right. That's yeah, it. Sandra okay. Bullock. Yep. Great actress. Not her best. Not her best. But I reckon Ocean's I never 14. saw it, Potty. Didn't you? <laughs> <Don't> <laughs> I'm sorry to surprise you. I never saw it. <laughs> well, mate, don't, don't break your streak now. It's, okay. it, it, it's not the best. But I thought, you know, get Brad, get George Clooney, Get Matt Damon mm. and the rest of them <laughs> back out and let's have an Ocean's 14. Well, um... Go back re- to Vegas again. Rest his soul, we won't get Bernie Mac. But, no, we won't um, get Bernie back. Yeah, they, I mean, that was a cracking... Ca- what a... What a they're good movies, though. Like Absolutely yeah, The first one was fan. just an absolute ripper. Yeah. The, I've got to admit, Ocean's 12 was a bit of a bludger, but um, yeah. the, th- the third... 12, 12 I could hang with, 13 I was like, okay, now we're pushing it. Yeah. 
You've bought him Pacino, but it still hasn't done the job. Mm, no, no. And, um, well, look for me, mate. Never, ever touch the Back to the Future trilogy. Yes. Just nobody ever try and remake that. I think you just let it. You let, you let that one go. Yep. You know, I mean, Michael J. Fox obviously has has had his, uh, his health issues, and I think it's just something that you can never replace him. Yeah. And for the purpose of it all, you just go, look, that's a classic. You leave it where it is. A hiding and nothing to try and remake yeah. that. You'll never uh, beat the iconic Michael J. Fox. But it's 2023, so I'm sure that um, they'll be canvassing the the actresses around to bring out an, a female version or something. Well, that's yeah. a, could, well, what we do. Could well be. What about you, mate? What has caught your eye this week? Well, mate, talking about the great men of this world, Valet. Silvio Berlusconi, mate. One of the uh, one of the topics of our earlier podcast was the former AC Milan owner, Italian prime minister and billionaire. He has passed away after a battle with leukemia. Um, obviously, anybody who knows a bit more about Italian politics or business or just Silvio Berlusconi in general will probably throw about a thousand shitty things he did in this world. But I don't know him for that. I just know him for his. Um, Womanizing, his owning of a football club, and just being a typical Italian bloke. Yep. So, um, yes, good on you, Silvio. Good innings, mate. Um, and yeah, I'm sure there's, there's plenty of chicks up there for you. Mm. Rest in peace. <laughs> uh, something else, mate. Did you see the um, catching the basketball, mate? The, the I finals. Did. The I finals, did catch yeah. a little bit of it. There was an unusual. Um Guest there, wasn't there? Made a bit of halftime entertainment involving one and only notorious Conor McGregor, mm. um, which has resulted in the, the Miami Heat mascot. He's ended up uh, with a trip to the ER. Trip to the ER. So he's copped What's a, happened? Well, he's copped an overhand right from, uh, oh, I think, yeah, it was an overhand right from Conor McGregor, um, and it's landed right on his beak. Mm. And then... Um, yeah, he's gone down and it's, I mean, Conor McGregor hasn't held back. I mean, he's wearing a padded suit. You're yeah. going to give him some. No, You're going to kick right. him while he's down. Well, he wants it to look authentic, yeah. doesn't it? So it was apparently, it was an advertisement for Tidal Recovery Spray. So mm. the spray, so as he was, as he's hit him, he started spraying this Tidal Spray on him. So it was, <laughs> a, a, you know, it, it just looked like it was, it wasn't good Up. all round. Yeah. But... Anyway, so he didn't um, come back after he sprayed the recovery spray on him. No, he didn't. So yes. it wasn't really the greatest advertisement. <laughs> he went off to hospital, but uh, yeah. So I that that definitely caught my eye. And finally, mate, Shervo's big day. So Shervo's had his his first day on the job, and um, you know, according to sources, uh, basically there was a there was a rating spike on oh, Shervo's right. big day. Um, however, he didn't turn up, as suggested, he didn't turn up with the um, tuxedo spandex like we suggested. So I'm going to just assume that there was a ratings drop after about half hour. I'd have to think so. I'm a bit disappointed, Shervo. We know you're a big big listener, big fan. Yeah, so um, Shervo, he's on the job. Good on you, mate, and uh, best of luck with uh, the early mornings, brother. Best of luck, mate. We're big fans. Absolutely, mate. So that's uh, that's pretty much all that's uh, caught my eye. That's that's tucked me away. Should we uh, should we rip in and get into the footy, mate? We love it. The rugby league final was a big Wembley occasion. Oh, get that in here!
Righty, our mate, into the footy chat. What do we have over the weekend? Mm, well, mate, a lot of um, blowouts this week, weren't they? Not a lot of close matches. I mean, it is that time of year where you start to see a few players out, various reasons, origin, uh, injury, things like that. But um, I know. had wicked wings on the weekend, so when you mentioned blowouts, I sort of just went, oh, oh, oh I forgot about that. How good are wicked wings? <laughs> the best. Um, so, the Titans... 28-12 over the Tigers. The Warriors, big winners in Canberra, 36-14. Mm. That was uh, Crocus 300th. Crocus 300, yeah, that's right. Bit yeah. anticlimactic. Yeah, well, you know, there'll be people who'll come out and bag Ricky now because could have played in the week before and didn't play in the week before. But Yeah. yeah. At the end of the day, I don't think Croker playing in either um, game or not playing in either game really had that big an impact on the result. No. Uh, Manly. Big winners, 58 to 18 over the Dolphins. The first time I've really seen the Dolphins all year really drop the ball and, mm. and really not put in an 80 minute performance. So I'm sure that's not going to be um, very popular. The Dragons, uh, who tipped this? 36 to 30 over the Rabbitohs. Who tipped it, mate? I tipped it. You tipped it. I tipped it, mate. Oh, mate, that was mm. that was definitely one I was getting incorrect, mate. I um I just thought that. Rabbitohs had a few out. I thought the Dragons might be up mm. for it. And, you know, they did their best to lose it. I don't know if you caught the game, but they scored, I think, uh, three tries in about two minutes to um, bring it to mm. very, very close. Yeah, I think the. Back and forward. You mm. thought they had it done. And then yeah, uh, so the Rabbitohs had come back. But a in- good. interesting time for the Rabbitohs. They've had a couple of um, losses and a couple of poor performances, but they've got the runs on the board. I think mm. we'll see the better. Best team coming out in a few more weeks. Oh, I think they're they're looking good as they lead into the finals. But mm. um, you know, it's main maintaining their players on the paddock is probably their big concern at the moment. Yeah. So, you know, they had Cody Walker, Latrell, Cam Murray mm. out the other day. So and several others. But you know, you're missing those three. I found that out after I'd put my tip in. Yep. <laughs> um, then you had um, the Broncos beating a very spirited Knights 24 uh, to 20, and it just it took a real cracking try. The Broncos just mm. hung in, and they, they, they seem to be winning a few games this year that they perhaps would have dropped in mm. past scenes. I've got to admit, I didn't really think they necessarily deserved to win the game on the weekend. I thought the Knights were the better team, but they hung in. Yep. And, well, um, I'll unpack that one a bit in a moment. Uh, then um, the your mighty Panthers put the Roosters to the sword, and you know you guys were down a few players as well, and but yeah. you absolutely pumped them. Big problems at the Roosters, I think, at the minute. Yeah, I, I looking at the Roosters, I just go for the for the side that they're for the squad that they have got, mm. and even the players they've got available. You know the way they are playing is. A disgrace. Second well, worst for and against in the comp, and I think the worst as far as points scored in the comp. So yeah. I just don't. Get I, it. I don't get it. Yeah, absolutely. And you know, you can't say that Trent Robinson's a bad coach. They're suffering from a spate of injuries. Mm. You know, they're just players out of form, they and are. the the ones who, you know, are coming through the ranks and are expected to do that job just aren't there. Yeah, and they're putting in their um, putting their efforts into the wrong area. We're seeing uh, JWH. Uh, Victor Radley, Brandon Smith, etc., just losing their head too often. But anyway, mm. uh, the Storm absolutely flogged the Sharks, fifty-four to ten. Um, wow, yeah, I, I don't get the Storm. Mm. Yeah, they've well, they they got tailed up fourteen all at halftime against the Cowboys and done 
45 to 20 or something like yeah, that. Yeah, and then a turnaround. Mm. That, and it was the same with the Sharks too. So the Sharks had – they'd won comfortably, lost, mm. and then go, got flogged. Like yeah. it's – yeah, I mean, they, it's yeah, very hot and cold. I'll say it about both those teams. Both those teams there could make the um, – uh, could make the top four, but mm. they're not winning the premiership this year. Yeah, uh, from based on what I've seen so far, and um, Parramatta convincing win over the Bulldogs, thirty-four to twelve, um, and the Cowboys had the bye. So. Well, I'm very, very concerned because I know Tommy Turbo had a massive game before Origin, but I tell you what, Mitch Moses and Gutherson looked in. Delicious form the other day. Mm, yeah, so they were looking um, very good. Mitch Moses, you know, everyone knew that Origin was mm. a chance, but he he took it in both hands. He was the difference between the teams. Yeah, I think Freddie was always going to pick him, but um, yeah, especially the way that Reynolds played mm. on Saturday night. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. He obviously played himself into that jersey and gave it no doubt. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So um, yeah, Parramatta. They've managed to get their way back to seven and um, seven and seven, seven wins, seven losses. So, yeah. you know, they're close enough um, if they can get some troops on the, the park and, you know, maybe a bit of luck with a few other things to um, do something towards the end of the year. But, you know, it's who can pick at this stage up and down like a yo-yo. Yeah, and definitely around that origin time, you, you don't get that consistency that you do at the at the start and the back end of the seasons. Mm, de- definitely not. Match of the round, mate. Who'd you get? Mate, well, I started off with the Storm v um, the Sharks. I thought that was going to be a cracker, both yep. teams going down there, but obviously didn't go with that one. That let us down. And I can see you've gone your prediction, the Raiders versus the um, Warriors, and you haven't gone that way either. We both landed on the same one, mate. What did right. we go? Knights versus Broncos, mm. mate. Um, yeah, so, I mean, I expected the Raiders and Warriors to be a better contest, just purely at Boone Croker's um, 300th. It was at home for Canberra. I thought they'd put in a good showing, but, you know, the Warriors, it, it just wasn't even a, a competitive match in the end. Um, however, the Knights and the Broncos was a cracker. Um, you know, the Broncos have done it again. They just keep rolling, which is, um, you know, I mean, for Brisbane fans, that's really, mm. it's, that's a good sign. Definitely. You know, because even if they're not playing the best, they're still picking up the two points. Um, yet the Knights, I mean, they, again, have not been rewarded for a strong performance. No. Like if you think about it, like it must be getting very, very tough to watch for Novocastrians. Oh. So they've played some games where they have been well and truly in, in the battle and if not deserving of the victory and they just haven't got it this year. Yeah, I think back to the game they played against Penrith earlier mm. this year. Uh, this was another game on the weekend. I'd go as far to say, though, for Knights fans, the real frustrating thing would be they're not sure which team's going to rock up next week when they yeah. play... Um, probably a team with not the same status as the Broncos. Like their two best games of the year, which they've been lucky, uh, uh, which they've been unlucky to lose, were um, Penrith and Broncos. But then they've um, played some absolute shockers as well, yeah. and uh, they got pumped by Parramatta, and that was just a horrible game. And against the Sharks, they were terrible. Yeah, so yeah, they weren't even in the contest. If they can show up with the same sort of intent that they had against you guys and um, the Broncos, they'll make the eight. Mm. They'll make teams uncomfortable, but getting that sort of intent seems to be a bridge too far, and consistency, bridge too far at the moment. Mm. All right, mate, some other discussion points. Um, the first one I had highlighted 
and I want to get your take on this, mm. is, you know, what did NRL fans do to deserve the Tigers versus Titans on a Thursday night? Oh. I mean, a marquee slot. Honestly, <laughs> you know, the who cares, Carlton. Oh, mate, that was awful. Oh, it was an absolute... Yeah, it not was a bad game, and I mean that you oh. know the Tigers are coming into the form, but I mean just the schedule scheduling of that is just yeah, well, give yourself an uppercut. Let's just go through the um, some of the other matches that were that were there: Roosters versus the Panthers, um, and the Storm versus the Sharks. I mean, mm. I know the Roosters aren't in great form, but when they're making these decisions at the beginning of the year, surely one of those two matches takes the slot. Yeah, oh, I mean. Yeah, there's always that argument for the NRL in terms of their uh, scheduling and they go, oh, well, we want people to be able to travel, make plans and do all that sort of stuff. But, yeah, I don't, I don't know if it's that hard. No, I agree. I agree. Um, actually, though, talking about that match, Jerome Baller. Oh. How good's he going? Like, did, that fend that he put on Tino mm. was, I mean, I... It, you got me out of my seat. I was like, okay, yeah. now we're cooking. And, you know, I'm a massive fan of Dane Laurie. You know, yeah. I've, I've made that pretty vocal. But when I saw that on the weekend, and, and obviously his performances since coming into the grade, I can see why Dane Laurie, I think it's, you know, if I'm Dane Laurie and I'm his manager, I'm starting to sniff around and go, look, all right, you know, I, I might need to find a home elsewhere, which I think could be the best thing for Dane because, mm. you know, it's obviously, he's obviously you know, not in the first team at the Tigers at the moment. And I'd be saying, Dane, you fancy coming home. Penrith will have you. They would, and um, he'd um, feeling quite well. Imagine he could run run out there in the 14 jersey. I heard, yeah. um, I think, um, Phil Gould was saying he was a half coming through the ranks. So, oh, I th- I th- Phil Gould, I think Gus sort of suggests he could play six, mm. and I, th- I think so too. Um, I, I mean, he's a good running fullback, yeah. but... Um, yeah, he's, he's probably not the physical presence of a baller or, mm. you know, those bigger fullbacks that are going around at the moment, such as Latrell Mitchell and uh, Tedesco and the like. Um, yeah, so, but, you know, he's definitely a talented player who, who, who needs to be playing NRL football. Yeah, so um, Jareem Buller came in the, the week after they played um, Parramatta and Charlie Staines played fullback for them mm. that week and, uh, and I thought had a cracking game. And then on Tuesday, the team list came out and Charlie Staines had been moved to the wing and that was just before he'd um, torn his um, bow, I think it was. Yes. And I thought, what are you doing, Tigers? Like, you got another one wrong. You've met, but they they haven't got this one wrong. I'll, t- yeah. I'll tip my hat to you, Tigers. He is a, he's a star in the making. Yeah, he's a gun. But we can't leave the Tigers alone just yet, mate. Um, news has broken throughout the week that uh, Luke Brooks has said, bon voyage, I'm out. This is me at the end of the year. Oh, well, there you go. That's mm. news to me. But, yeah. um, I mean, probably two years too late. Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, you know. Two years and two million dollars. Yeah, I mean, he's, he's you know, for what, they're, for what they're getting for the price that they're paying for Luke Brooks, I'd, you know, I think this, you know, Tigers go, okay, yep, no worries, moving the, on. So the Tigers offered him another contract, I think around about 500000 a year, like half the price. He has looked a little bit better at stages this year. My thoughts on this are good move for Brooksy. I think I think he needs a fresh start somewhere. Mm. Um, where that is, I don't, don't know. know. If I'm someone who's um, uh, 
got his ear. I guess I'm saying, mate, you got two options. Go overseas, win the Man of Steel. Like, yeah. you'll probably do that. Or, um, But I don't know if he's getting that money. That that even that five hundred k over there. Yeah, he probably isn't. You know, so I I don't know. Um, you know, I do agree that a fresh start will be good for him. Mm. I think it's. Um, yeah, I mean, does he end up at Newcastle and then Jackson Hastings need to find another club? I mean, <laughs> I I don't know. The the questions are out there. But well, um, if I'm him, I tell my manager, look, I'll go for a discounted rate. Get me to a good club with a good half who I can play mm. their secondary. I mean, this is just throwing something random out there, so don't have a heart attack and fall off your seat. But let's say Jerome Luai decided to move on from Penrith, mm. go out there and play number six next to Nathan Cleary. Yeah. Mm. I mean, that won't happen. No. And I hope that does not happen. <laughs> However, uh, especially when this I This isn't say, breaking news, no, ladies and no, gentlemen. I'd be I'm saying, something I'd out. be saying, Luke, um, I will buy you the ticket to go over to the Super League yeah. and I'll have Dane Laurie at six, thanks. Yeah, oh, and um, that's a, probably a fairly good option. From a Parramatta fans' perspective, um, with the uncertainty around uh, Dylan Brown and how long he may or may not be out mm. of it, it does look like it's long-term. I'd uh, love to see Dane Laurie get a crack at number six, but I, I wouldn't be opposed to them picking up Brooks on a year's contract and saying, well, well mate. And, and that'll obviously, obviously we won't dive into the ins and outs of that debate but there would you would imagine if it is an extended period of this no fault stand down that there would be salary cap concessions and mm. Dillon Brown on a significant chunk of salary cap would yeah. free up some cash mm. and and yeah as you said at this stage that's all just um, conjecture like we're not um yeah yeah we don't know where that'll end but my uh, I definitely think there, there there could still be a place for Brooksy in the NRL Oh, I think so. Yeah, I yeah. mean, he's a, he's an NRL footballer. I mean, I I would be looking. I would be suggesting that um, that um, Ben Hunt will be probably moving on from the Dragons. I mean, there's a halfback spot there. I know they got young halves, but mm-hmm. they might want to bring someone like Brooks in just to just to you know continue with a, a you know a veteran head on their shoulders. Yeah, well, on the Dragons and Ben Hunt potentially moving on. It looks like they may have identified the person they want as their new coach. Jason Rolls. Jason Rolls, yes, yes. Oh, no, hang on. He's knocked them back. Flano. Flano. Shane Flanagan. Shane Flanagan. He was already there, wasn't he? He was. He was assistant to Mary a couple of years ago. Uh, Apparently he was a bit on the nose with a few of the board members there. Okay, yeah. Yeah. Probably called a spade a spade and they weren't happy with that. Yeah, but, okay, yeah. Um, he, um, Probably called on the Illawarra Steelers. Well. <laughs> I mean, and I know they like to base themselves in Illawarra but have nothing to do with the no. old Steelers faithful. Won't even wear their alternative, yeah. uh, their old strippers, their alternative jersey, even though it makes perfect sense. Yeah, no, we'll give you the socks. <laughs> so, yeah. Um, yeah, apparently they've identified Flanagan as the man and the board has met and, mm. you know, had a couple of lattes and decided they want Flanagan as their man. Whether he'll take it or not, I don't know. I mean, he's probably not because of his, you know, he's a premiership winning coach, but because of some yeah. of his history, he might not be flush with options. No. But he's a premiership winning coach. Good fit. Simple as that. Yeah. Like, I mean, yes, like how far down the track are we with that debacle? Yeah. You know, I, you know at the end of the day, he's, a, he's not going to stay out of work forever. No. You know, and as a premiership winning coach, you wouldn't think that he will just continue to sit back and pick up assistant coaching jobs. 
No. Um, look, if, if they do manage to grab him, I think it's a great signing. Mm. But they have to look at him and look at his skill set and let Shane Flanagan be Shane Flanagan. He yeah. he won a premiership at Cronulla. But it took him, oh, I think he might have taken over at the back half of 2011. It took him five years mm. to build a squad and build a mentality that was worth worthy of winning a premiership, contesting a grand final. Yeah. yeah. And, and the players obviously loved him because mm. they were willing to take bans yeah. even though that they were innocent. Yeah. <laughs> Allegedly. Allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> oh, very good. So, um, yeah, it looks like Flano's back. Um, I, I mean, that's not concrete. That's just hearsay at the moment. But, I mean, like I said. We do love some gossip. Yeah, absolutely. Um, premiership winning coach, out of work. There's been plenty of water that's gone under that bridge since he was suspended by the NRL. So it's an it's a no-brainer that he'd be in the thought process of of clubs looking for a coach. Yep, get him down there, sign him up. Rightio, mate. Um, did you see the catch the Sean Johnson head clash on the weekend? That oh, was I did. a oh, that was a, a bit of a doozy, wasn't it? It was yeah. sort of it was funny. Like I was watching it and it sort of slipped in. I'm like, oh, they're there's got to be foul play. He's just mm. gone down. Just an innocuous head clash. Well, I was sitting on the edge of my seat going, they're not going to penalise They're going to call something. Yeah, yeah, I know. Yeah, obviously, not. we're all just going, oh, geez, they're going to call. He's going to get 10 for this. Yeah. <laughs> but, um, well, what was your head doing? Yeah. No, you know, nothing in it. And I mean, common sense prevailed. There was nothing that Whitehead could do. Mm. Um, very similar. Uh, you know, different but similar in, in the context of the ruling was, you know, in the Panthers-Roosters. So two elbows from Jared Warrior Hargraves have ended up with, you know, both Moses Liotta and uh, Liam Martin, you know, busted mm. and ended up taking HIAs. The first one, Liam Martin sort of comes in, he's, you know, self-preservance, he's just completely out and he just catches the elbow on the way through, it busts him up, he... Comes down, there's obviously, you know. Not a lot of ill intent in that one. No, no. I, I mean, it was just a, he caught the elbow. But the second one was a bit more where I go, oh, you know, he's sort of gone into the contact with a raised elbow and it's caught Leota. At the end of the day, you call them both and you go, it's just something that happens in the game. You're going to catch, catch things. However, for Hargreaves to then go at Spencer Lenu and throw the water bottle, squirt him with water and then throw the water bottle, I mean, that's where I draw the line. And I go, you know what? This is what you, NRL, this is what you have created by not allowing Spencer Lenu to just go and punch the piss out of him. You know, bring back the biff. Like, you can't... I mean, there surely it happened. It happened with Kane Evans, was it, where he threw the water bottle towards Burgess, mm, and he got yeah, a two yeah. got a two year two week ban or something for it. But yeah. you know, the fact that we've we've empowered players to just you know be absolute fleas like that and do just just garbage shit like that, where they just throw a water bottle and just know that you know that there's no there's no consequence for my behaviour because at the end of the day they can't punch me, they can't do anything. I'm suggesting that, you know, in, a, in an instance like that, if I'm the coach, if I'm Ivan Clear, I'm just going, you know what, Spencer, take the 10, mate. Just feed him. Yeah. Feed him and take the 10. Similar to ice hockey. You know, basically, if he wants to carry on like a palooka like that, you just, just rip into him. And then oh, we'll take the 10 minutes for it and, you know, 
It is what it is because that's what they do in hockey. They drop the gloves, they take the penalty, they go into the bin, but they have a good fashion knuckle beforehand. Yeah, well, it's certainly gotten a bit ridiculous. I mean, those scenes with Spencer and Jared basically being held apart and um, having a... Um, it was embarrassing. Yeah, it was absolutely embarrassing. Hug, um, who can do the scariest face contest. Yeah. It was just, yeah. And the fact that other players are walking in and then grabbing shirts. Oh, and I mean, it's just on. it's just embarrassing for the game. It, like, is. it's, it is. It's a shocker. It's, it's garbage, you know, and it would be completely eradicated if there were consequences for, you know, carrying on like a pork chop, if someone was just going to put one on your chin. Yeah. Like well. they did in the day. Yep. So the so for those at home who aren't aware, in ice hockey though, there are, there are very, very rigid rules around fighting. If there is a third man in, you are sent off. So a lot of people aren't aware of that. So if no, you, they just think it's a free-for-all. Yeah, yeah. If it's, it's the third man in rule, there was two players who engage in a fight. If you are a third player in and make contact with another player, you are out of the game mm. and you are not coming back in. So the players deal with it. And as soon as a player takes a knee, falls to a knee, the fight is stopped by the referee. Yeah. You've sorted out. You're both off into the bin for 10. Yeah. You know, it's pretty simple. Yeah. Well, but anyway, I'm I'm pro- I'm getting going to get nowhere with the NRL with that, but I ain't changing my mind, well, mate. I'll tell you what, the base, you know, I understand why they've gotten rid of the knuckle, and I understand their logic behind it. But what are you going to do to get rid of that carry on? Because that's not selling any jerseys. Yeah, either. I mean that's that's garbage. That I mean, speaking of Biff, though, mate, I did notice in the Bulldogs Parramatta game, Moses oh, yeah. and Burton, the clash in the in goal. Yeah. I mean, that was an interesting one. Again, this is what pissed me off about the run-in, yep. you know, because there was nothing in it. No, no. Moses stood up and went, hey, what are you doing? Burton went, oh, you know, you could have scored the try. Like, you know, what if you challenged the the decision and you're not offside? Mm. Yeah, I'm going to finish the tackle. So anyway, and they, they were basically going to sort it, sort it out. I mean, we've all seen Burton fight. Yep. Well, I mean, I mean, they called it a fight, I, you know, so... It was only going to go bad for him. Mm, yeah. But the fact that then everyone runs in and, oh, it's push and shove and, oh, yeah, and then you just, all you're hearing is the ref just going, break it up, you know, doing all that garbage. Oh, it just makes Oi, me if sick. If you come in, I'm going to send you. No, oh, you're not. It just makes me sick. Like, yeah, and, yeah. Oh, get away, boys. Get away. Stop it. Stop it. Stop yeah. it. Anyway, but yep. that's my rant. Yeah, mate. I agree. Uh, so, mate, um, Origin two teams—they're out. They are out. Yep. So, a uh, few f- few changes. Most of them forced. Yeah, and I mean, look, I, I Freddie Freddie was ha- going to have to do something. Yep. You know, obviously with the with the injuries, but uh, and I I don't think any New South Wales fan were you know if we're fair income. We're not going to be entirely happy, no matter what choice he makes. No, oh, I'll be entirely happy if they get the win. Yeah, and oh, for sure. Yeah, but um, until that happens, not going to be overly impressed. Um, so, Latrell Mitchell comes back in. That's a given. Had yep. to happen. Uh, the big one, Nathan Cleary, going down with a hamstring injury, and Mitch Moses come in. Uh, that position was either going to be him, Adam Reynolds, or uh, Nico Hines, and he's won out that battle. Yeah. Uh, Damien Cook's come in for the uh, injured Appy Coruscant. Yep. And um, in addition to that, Reese Robson has come on the bench. So Nico Hines has missed out altogether. Yep. 
And uh, Stefano Utakamanu has come in. Uh, uh, West Tigers uh, front row has come in on the bench as well. Okay. And he's Can, taking the spot for uh, TPJ. So what I'll do is I'll, I'll just, you know, just throw my little two cents here and then I'll leave it over to you, mate, because I can see you coiled up over there and like a, like a spring ready to go. Uh, as a Penrith fan, yes, I do feel somewhat uneasy about, you know, the hopes and dreams of my origin aspirations for this year are resting on a Parramatta halfback. Mm. It is, you know, but as a Parramatta fan, you're, you know, you're going to have to disagree with me on that. However, you know, Queensland are a pack of grubs. Mm. You know, I have no doubt that the Blues, I mean, you've come in here tonight wearing a blue jumper. That's how confident we are. Yep. Um, we're oozing confidence here and we're just going to go up there and we're just going to absolutely jam it yep. to those maroon flogs up at Suncorp, even if we have to use Mitch Moses. I'll leave it over to you, mate. Where do you go with the Freddie selection? Oh, well, mate, the Freddie selection, I, I don't actually mind the team we've got at the moment. Uh, I just, it, I think Freddie's got it, got it wrong in game one again, and it seems to take him two games to get it right every single year. I touched on it last week when we did our origin review. Mm. He's missed, um, he's missed um, four out of the last five opening games. Yeah. Um, and I never understood the Nico Hines on the bench sort of scenario. I never understood how that was going to work. Um, well, Mitch Moses coming in, I think it was either him or Adam Reynolds. Yeah. I think it had to be one of them. I think um, Mitch Moses probably has – it's a tricky one. Um, the – I think, would I love... Who do I think is the better player right at the moment? And my maybe bias, but gut instinct is Mitch Moses is the better player at the moment. Yeah. The only thing that might have tipped me towards Adam Reynolds is thinking it's 12 or five minutes to go, which halfback do I want out there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've almost skimmed over something though here because you, you mentioned Nico Hines mm. and we didn't understand Nico Hines getting picked in the utility position in game one. But even though we're going to go out there and we're going to absolutely poleaxe those Queensland two-headed flogs, mm. Reese Robson, mate. Oh, <laughs> wow. I mean, come on, Freddie. Give us some hope, brother. Yeah. Like, I, I hope I'm so wrong. I, I really do. But, you know, to go from, oh, we're playing a one-hooker system, they've got to play 80 minutes, to, to just completely flip it in game two, I just... You know, Freddie's just, he's basically that confident that he's taken the piss out of Queensland here with that selection. Oh, I'd, I'd have to imagine. But it speaks to what I was saying. Like, these selections, yeah. like the rhyme and reason. Look, if you're going to go with that, tell me, Grego, why wouldn't you go starting with Reese Warption and bring the speedy, dynamic yeah, cookie, cookie on when yeah. things are getting a little bit fatigued. Like I'd He may do that. He may do that. We, we, we're yet to see. Um, yeah. But, yeah, I don't see how combating the criticism of Nico Hines, you know, playing in the utility role is, you know, eradicated by them bringing in Reese Robson and not having a utility no. and I, relying I, on Cameron Murray. Like, that's just crazy. Matt Burton. Oh, Matt Burton. Like, Matt Burton was yeah. the easy pick. I, yeah. But anyway, yeah. I'm not Freddie and regardless, Queensland are fucked. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I'm not Freddie. I'm not sure what's going on there. I'm not sure many people do. But, yeah, bad luck, Queensland. 
No yeah, chance. I mean, they, I mean, they've got an absolute, te- absolutely terrible record at Suncorp against yeah. us Blues. We all know that. Yeah. I mean, and and the, the, they, they've no, got history against them, Queensland. No doubt they'll try and milk the underdog tag oh, going in yeah, the Suncorp yeah, Stadium. Oh, oh, oh we always, can't possibly yeah. win. Everything's going against oh, us. Oh, it's the worst team in our history. Yep, that sort of that sort of rubbish. Mm. Yep, not fooling us this time. No chance, Lance. No way. Rightio, mate. Um, so if we run through the matches this week, we'll give our match the round. Mate, uh, Cowboys versus the Panthers up there. I. Yep. Um, so, putting that game in this origin affected round at the beginning of the season, I'm not sure how that landed in this part of the draw. But anyway, it's not it's not uh, rocket surgery, mate. No. Uh, Knights v the Roosters. Well, if um, the shit version of both these teams show up, we might be in with a good contest. Mm. <laughs> if either, um, yeah, I can't picture both good versions showing up. So, who knows what's going to happen there? Flip a coin. Eels versus Manly. Uh, both missing a few players, both yeah. missing their halfback. Uh, Tigers versus the Storm. Uh, the Sharks versus the Dogs. And then the Broncos, the Raiders, the Dragons, the Warriors, the Rabbits, the Titans, and the Cliff, the Red Cliff, are on the bye. Fins up. Fins up. Uh, who's your match of the round, mate? Oh, mate, well... You know, I ended up going because they both lost so many players. I think the Panthers versus the Cowboys is going to be a good contest. And um, I've gone this game mainly because you guys have got such a good nursery and such a good system of bringing mm. young people through. I often don't mind seeing you re- some of your young, uh, younger or a reserve grade talent get a go because you know you think, oh, maybe we could nick them. Yeah, so, I mean that's a kiss of death if I've ever heard one, mate. <laughs> We are screwed <laughs> on Thursday night, the Penny Panthers. Uh, no, mate, I'm pretty confident. Like, we've got some good players. I thought um, Kyger was good on the weekend. Yeah. You know, just slide, sliding on there, doing his job. If you're a young half who's maybe played at a couple of struggling clubs and you're trying to find your way, I think Kyger was at the Dogs and maybe mm. no, Knights, and Penrith come a knocking and say, hey, come and play behind Nathan Cleary and yeah. Jerome Luai for a year or so and uh, we'll put him when they're playing rep football. It's a no-brainer, And it's it? going to kickstart your career. So Luke Brooks, if you're listening, well, it's an option. It's an option. <laughs> if you want it to kickstart your career. Ah, <laughs> uh, uh, sorry. Oh, I can't, Brooksy. I'm hammering you today. Yeah. Um, mate, I've gone for the... Eels, Eagles, mate. And oh, this so is – I'm just going for the 80s. I'm just saying, look, let's get Fatty out, Cronin, Sterling. Let's, you know. Nah, you're Gibbs. not happy because I've put the kiss of death on get you. Them all, so get them all in. No, the I'm just thinking like half the team or any, you know, all the good players are going to be out for this one because they're in origin. You know, mm. Cherry Evans, Turbo, the like, Moses. I'm thinking let's just bring back the legends. Oh. Let's just go back to the 80s and any of the players who, you know, can still at least tie their shoelaces, let's get them in. Let's get, have a go, wouldn't he? Oh, mate, he'd be in his prime. Yeah, <laughs> he'd be but, warming up with a durry at, um, before the game. And mate, let's just have a good old-fashioned Masters game, Eels versus Eagles, Seagulls, and let's just play it for two NRL competition points. Rip in, rip I in. I reckon. Oh, well, that's it for the footy, mate. So it's going to be uh, – it's a, a short week, obviously, with the uh, the Origin. But, uh, yeah, we'll look forward to the Origin next Wednesday as well. So we'll go early on the podcast next week and then we'll obviously have our Origin 2 wrap mm. to um, 
talk about a, a thriving New South Wales team who just absolutely hammered the Queenslanders and Freddie has proven us all wrong. Yep, 100%. That's exactly what's going to happen. We could pre-record it now. Absolutely. Um, mate, over the weekend, you just flicked out a text. Mm. You said, hey, mate, I'm looking at Stream of the Week. Let's go back to the 90s. Con Air. Mm. Mate, Con not, Air. I was in. I was in when you sent that through. But tell me about Con Air, mate. What, where, where did you go with this? What do you think? Well, mate, I had Disney on the other day, and I was I was um, flicking around having a look, and you know, a lot, lot of quality stuff on there. I'm a Star Wars fan, so um, you know, the Mandalorian. Yeah, I'm an Avengers fan, so a Marvel fan. So seeing uh, the new Ant Man on, I'm looking at that, and um, you know, the new Avatars out, and I, but I, you know, caught myself flicking over to a bit of nostalgia. The '90s action movie, and Connor yeah. just jumped out and grabbed me. The 90s action movie, mate. The perfect complement of blood, bullets, and cheesy one-liners. Con Air is an all-time classic which follows a group of deranged prisoners led by Cyrus Grissom, a.k.a. Cyrus the Virus. Cyrus the Virus. Cyrus the Virus. Played by the great John Malkovich. What an actor. And basically they take control of a prison plane while it's um, on its way to mm. a new prison and they attempt to flee. Uh, Nick Cage plays the uh, protagonist in the uh, film. Cameron Poe. Cameron Poe. Cameron Poe. And uh, uh, John Cusack, I believe. John Cusack, yep, yes. Is, hey. the, um, is the lead copper in it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, Obviously, the good guy wins, gets the girl at the end, um, and it's just a spectacular film. Uh, and you remember back in the old days with the um, with the nineties action films, they'd always hit their um, climactic point, and then the situation be resolved, and then they just give you yeah, one more right at the one end. One little let's oh let's let's set her up for a sequel. Let's set her up for a sequel. Yeah, uh, you know. The great 90s films, action films, mate, they were so good. And, you know, I, I could have told you to watch Con Air, mate, but I could have just as easily told you to watch Broken Arrow. Yeah. John Travolta. Point Break. Oh, yeah, Swayze. Swayze. True Lies. Arnie. Yes. Big Arnie. Independence Day. Will Smith. That was a good one. Or even just just before the 90s, the um, cult classic Tango and Cash. Tango and Cash. Mates, uh, yeah, they're all they're all rippers. Look, unfortunately for the listeners, I watched Con Air this week. Once you send out the bat signal and said, "Look, Con Air's on," I watched it with a critical hat on. You know, I, it was still a good old fashioned watch. So that's you know that I tip my hat to Con Air for that. You know, firstly, John Cusack. I'm going to have to say he was way better in Hot Tub Time Machine, <laughs> one, one of my favourites. <laughs> all right, you know what a fucking cracker. Hot tub time machine was. First thing though, when I saw John Cusack, was it just took me straight back to that movie, which was a bit of a problem because I thought, oh now, how do I come back? How do I bring myself back into the nineties? But another surprise packet for for the listeners at home was Dave Chappelle. Yeah, you know, comedian Dave Chappelle. Pinball Parker. He, yeah, so he plays pinball. Um, you know, and essentially Dave starts the whole hijacking of the plane by setting another prisoner on fire, mm. you know, which I'm just, I didn't realise until I sort of watched it again that the prisoner who he sets alight 
survives being burned alive and still plays a role later in the film. He does. You know, which is weird. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, John Malkovich, yeah, this stands the test of time. You know, playing Cyrus the Virus, it's a very good part. I was watching it the other day and, you know, when you watch those, you know, it was a provocative character in 97, but in 2023 it's it like becomes cringy. Yeah. You know, but... It didn't. No. You know, it was like it, it, it stood the test of time, which is is pretty impressive. But Perhaps my favourite part of the movie is when they were all getting loaded onto the plane one at a time. Yeah. John Cusack's taking you through a bio oh, of yes, the prisoners. Yes. And, and they've all got these wicked the, the cool rap nicknames. Sheet, the rap sheets. Cyrus yeah. the Virus. Billy Bedlam. Yeah. What uh, is it? Nathan Diamond Dog. Johnny 23. Johnny 23. The serial rapist. Who was that? Um... That was um, Danny Trejo. Danny Trejo, yeah. Yeah. So um, anyway, you know, I know it was the 90s, mm. putting my critical hat on, but what they were flying in looked like it had already spent 40 years in an air show. <laughs> like seriously, surely Boeing or Airbus could have shot in for some product placement. You would have that. thought like, so. Yeah, seriously. It was an absolute bludger of a plane. But Nicolas Cage, so Cameron Poe, um, at the start, I remembered how the film went, like a, a bit of self-defence resulting in a jail sentence. His, wa- his girlfriend was pregnant at the time, you know. I mean, I, but I completely forgot how dumb people have been. <laughs> you know, Hollywood is to blame. I've found it, I've, it absolutely clicked for me watching this. Hollywood is to blame to, you know, for all the people who have taken up karate Yep. Who've taken up like Aikido and Wing Chun. <laughs> you know, martial arts that don't work. Because not only is Hollywood to blame for wasting people's time in training useless self-defense techniques, Hollywood is also to blame for the fallacy that people who have any sort of martial arts training are considered lethal weapons. <laughs> in the sentence he says because of your training as an army ranger, you are considered a lethal weapon <laughs> and you are now going to prison for seven years. Now, I remember, like, have you ever heard of it, like, where people just go, oh, you know, I've got, I've got to register my hands as lethal weapons. Oh, yeah. You know, just the absolute wank fest around that. Like, And people actually believe that shit. Like, that's how bad it is. You know, oh, oh mate, I can't show you any of my moves. I'll get sent to prison if you get hurt. Yeah. Like, <laughs> Just, oh, mate. Yeah, mate. He does karate. He actually has to register his hands as weapons. Just on that, um, and you're 100% right, but you just got me thinking as well. You know that part where you were talking about how um, the judge said you are a lethal weapon? Didn't his lawyer stitch him up? Oh, yeah. (laughs) His lawyer was worse than Dennis Danuta. He's saying, I will not plead guilty. No, if you plead guilty, I can get you six yeah, months. Yeah, <laughs> Next thing you know, he's getting seven years. Mate, if it was Daryl Kerrigan, who would have said, yep, but you tried your best. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, Dennis. <laughs> oh, mate, but it was a cracker of a movie. And obviously, um, you know, to finish it off, and the Trisha Yearwood song, oh. How Do I Live? You know, what an absolute jam. That was, you know, it, it. I believe it won the the obviously Oscar for, you know, song of the year in terms of the in terms of the movie. But oh, bring I, a tear to a glass eye. I was always under the uh, understanding there was Leanne Rhymes who sang that song, mm. but I, I was only until recently that I realised that they both actually sang a cover. Mm. And Leanne Rhymes has got a big name. Oh, you know, she? Like she, yeah, you know, she's a big country singer. Yep. But 
I'm telling you, mate, Trisha Yearwood's version of How Do I Live just absolutely blows Leanne out of the water. It does. Sorry, it's Leanne. It's an absolute ripper. Yep. So get it on to the... Um, Get it onto the Apple playlist or the Spotify playlist, whatever your listening is. and uh, It's great to get get going on a run. You oh, know, how do I live push you through. without you? I want. No. Oh, what a cracker. But anyway, absolute classic, Con Air. Give it a watch. Oh, excellent, mate. Well, you reckon we should get into some footy? Let's make it happen. So, mate, into the football. Obviously, the Premier League's finished. The uh, European season has come to a climax. Also, here in the A-League came to a climax um, the other week. So, we're off to the sort of most of our our discussion today is going to be around the transfer window, Mm. which is always exciting. Um, Because nothing else happened other than the transfers over the weekend. We can be short of that. Nothing. So, some big moves, mate. Mm. Some big moves in progress. Um, So, Jude Bellingham. He's um he's looks like his move has been confirmed to Real Madrid for 103 million euros. Oh yep, just a lazy 103. Yeah, just so Dortmund collecting again. Mm. Um, however, some free agents. I discussed last episode about the free agents that were coming up, and Lionel Messi. He's um, confirmed it into Miami, David Beckham's uh, MLS club. So he's going there on a free, but he signed a 54 million US dollar salary. Which oh, yeah. isn't too bad. However, he's knocked back four hundred and thirty million annual sal- salary to go to Saudi Arabia. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. So, um, someone who didn't knock back the knock back the cash from the Saudis was Kareem Benzema. Mm-hmm. So he's um, going to Al Ittihad, and he's gone there on a free on a hundred and seven million dollar annual salary, and it would be tax free. Yeah. So he's um, yeah kicking a few goals there. Yeah. Um, even if he doesn't. Well, he doesn't have to. He's just, it's all guaranteed cash. Yeah. Um, so Yuri Telemans, um, I said he was obviously going to be uh, an interesting uh, watch. He's he's already signed with Aston Villa. Mm. So, um, yeah, a decent pick up there for the villains. Um, however, the, the whole Saudi thing, I don't know if the listeners are aware, um, it's it's based around this concept of the Saudi Arabia pro, uh, Saudi Arabia Project 2030. So it was the big investment project, and you know, ch- really changing the viewpoint in the world of what Saudi Arabia is all about. And um, so a part of that is obviously sports, and um, the investment in the the Saudi league is based around this. China did something very similar um, about ten years ago. And it'll be interesting to see how it plays out because essentially what can happen is basically they go, oh, well, this, we've had enough of this, and then they just withdraw all the funding. Yep. So, yeah, I, I don't know if it's a longevity thing, but um, obviously the Saudis did pretty well at the World Cup, so it'll be interesting to see how long that, that cash cow sticks around for. Mm, indeed. But um, some big news, mate, um, in the transfers, uh, in the rumour mill, is Kylian Mbappe has notified PSG of his intention to waive his additional year, year option on his recent contract. So that means as of the end of next season, he's a free agent. So, I mean, if PSG are going to cash in on him, oh, he's got to go this summer. So yeah, 
that'll be the uh, I think that'll be a big talking point for the uh, the remainder of this transfer window for sure. Where's he end up? Don't know. No. I don't know. I don't think there's not many that can afford him. Yeah. Um, I would suggest, um, even though I don't think he fits my club in United, yeah. but um, if there is a, a Qatari takeover, um, he could possibly be their big marquee signing. But um, yeah, I, I don't know. I, you know, a very very small amount of clubs could afford Kylian Mbappe. That's for sure. What is he, 22, 20? 20, he'd be 23, 24 now. Okay, yep. yeah. Yeah, but I mean, he's about to hit the peak of his career. Like yeah. he's, there's there's no denying that, and he, and he stays injury-free. Really, so really um, no ch- chance, like, extending at PSG? Is he's not a... Oh, I, 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 he could. He, yeah. There was there was a suggestion that he was gone, as good as gone to Madrid, mm. you know, when he came up for his last contract, but he extended at PSG. But, I mean, you know... He's a world-class footballer, and to play in the French league week in, week out, you know, yes, you get your Champions League games, which is, you know, the the top level of football. But you know, it's a, I don't, I just don't think it's enough that that week to week that the La Liga, the Premier League, uh, is going to give you. So I'd suggest that would probably be where where he'd be looking to go. Watch this space. Watch this space. Talking about watching the space, mate. Uh, Apparently the, the Manchester United takeover is imminent and it can't come quick enough, mate. They need to get these Glazer grubs out of my football club. Um, I love United and, you know, they. I, whoever it is, if it's Jim Ratcliffe, Sir Jim Ratcliffe and his uh, Ineos bid um, or, you know, Sheikh Jassim and the Qataris who come in, you know, I, I have my thoughts, you know, which I won't dive into. Um, I have my thoughts on either of those bids, but you know, either of those are going to be better than the Glazers, in my opinion. So let's let's get it to happen. Yep. Well, mate, there. Um, you know, we are forgetting something, though, aren't we? There was some football over oh, the weekend, wasn't there? I couldn't imagine anything else happened over the weekend in football. Did you see something? One of the great sporting achievements of all time. You know, can you imagine a club doing so much with so little? No. What are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Okay, look, I'm going to take it. I'm going to, I'm going to be the bigger man here, Potty. Um, Champions League final, Inter Milan versus Manchester City. Um, I'm going to at least acknowledge that Manchester City have equaled the great treble achievement of 1999. You know, it's it's extremely difficult for any team in European football to compete with what Manchester City compete with. So, you know, are they the best football team in Europe at the moment? I don't think there's any denying that. Would you agree? Mm. But um, I can't leave it at that. Mm. You've, you've poked the bear. <laughs> All right. So what you will get me debating on, though, Potty, is that the standard, this great team led by the greatest manager, you know, people are throwing that out. I'm not having it. Not having it at all. This isn't even Pep's best team. The Barcelona, who dismantled... United in the 2011 Champions League final to win the Spanish treble were better. Manchester United at that time were champions of England, holding off the champions-elect Carlo Ancelotti's Chelsea to win the title. A pretty darn good football team. And they absolutely tore them apart. City have won this season's title against a side who were not even considered challengers pre-season in Arsenal and five other teams who have been in significant transition. 
You've only got to beat who's in front of you, though. So I can accept that. But this would further support my argument as to why they will never be conceded. This will never be considered the greatest season ever. City have also got a hundred charges levelled against them <laughs> by the Premier League for failing to comply with financial rules and regulations. So City have built the foundations of their current organisation by breaking rules on financial fair play through their state-run backing in Abu Dhabi. These financial irregularities, body, are what entice Pep to come to City. And it's what gives him the freedom to pretty much do whatever he wants, such as let the best fullback in the world go halfway through their season because he disagrees with him. It's pretty handy. <laughs> Plenty of cover there. So don't be fooled by the talk that Man City have created something historic. For a bunch of flogs who hit the sport-washing lottery, it's a great achievement. I'll agree to that. But in terms of historic... Barcelona and Bayern Munich's trebles. They've won two trebles each in the last 10 years. That's more special. At least to my next topic, Potty. Pep Guardiola, the greatest manager of all time. I was going to say, you're not going to skip over that, are you? I'm not having it. You know, I may be wrong in the future, you know, but time will tell. You know, I'm going to throw it out there. You know, I will refer to him at times as the bald fraud. You know, but... That's just me, tongue-in-cheek. People believe Pep is some sort of managerial god who has had success with everything he touches. I'll throw this at you, Potty. Claudio Ranieri's title at Leicester was a bigger achievement than City's treble. Mourinho's two European titles at Porto was bigger than Man City's treble. When you think about the resources available and the achievement. I've read two books on Pep Guardiola. So I've got an idea of what he's about. Firstly, I'm surprised that he's stayed at City for this long because he does not he gets stale. He likes to move around. That's why he was only at Bayern for a short period of time. That's why he was only at Barcelona for a short period of time. But where could he go? He will never get what he's got at City. And that's why he's not the greatest manager of all time. It's claimed by Pep Guardiola that he's got an affinity for Italian club Brescia. He played there briefly, and I'm not going to dive into his drugs controversy that he had there. Okay, during his time there, he was found, you know, not guilty only 12 years later. But it's claimed that he was very thankful to Brescia for sticking by him. If Pep wants to be considered the greatest manager by half of the sport's detention... If Pep thinks his system of football is the best ever, he needs to take Brescia from Serie C, where they are, and compete for a title in Serie A. Pep can't, because he needs money to play his football. He needs lots of players, and if they don't play his way, he needs to get more money to tell them to take the highway. Could Pep Guardiola, Potty, win a Scottish League title and a European Cup Winners' Cup with Aberdeen, a team from a city with 200,000 people against the power of Rangers and Celtic. Like fuck, he could. Ladies and gentlemen, it's Sir Alex Ferguson, daylight, and then the rest. I rest my case. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think it's fair enough to say I got the bite I was after. 
Oh, and mate, I took a full chunk of that. Yep, lovely, mate. Well said, well spoken. Oh, but I hope you're not done for the laying into people. Good. We're up to the integrity. Integrity report. report. Let's have it. All right, Potty, mate, we've got integrity issues. I feel like I've just absolutely talked your ear off there and I'm going to dive in again here. Mate, get straight into it. Anyway. There's there's been big issues in the world of travel. Big issues in the world of travel, mate. Um, What do you know about um, travel bloggers, mate? You heard of any travel bloggers in your time? Oh, I might have heard of a couple, but, um, you know, I can't say I follow too many travel travel bloggers. What, what have you got for us? Mate, I'm going to show you a video first, and the listeners can listen into the audio of this video. It's about a travel blogger from a Canadian lass, and um, I believe her name is Chloe. Just darling. I've got to get this one right because it's a, it's a French French pronunciation the surname here. So it's Chloe Chapdelaine. Chapdelaine. Chloe Chapdelaine. Okay, now Chloe has had a recent issue with her travel um, between Dubai and Los Angeles, I believe. So I'm going to show you this video, mate. So she's showing the treats that she's been given on the plane. Airline food, mm. gluten-free. Looks tasty. Looks good. And then uh, the video proceeds to send her back to the toilet. Yeah. So she is in absolute duress. She has eaten half a croissant, which was not gluten-free, um, and she's basically in tears in the toilet. Oh, yeah, she's you know, devastated. She's in a bad way. Now, do you know anyone with celiac disease, mate, who um, is gluten intolerant? Yeah, I, I do know a couple, gluten. yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Now, obviously, we're not downplaying the significance of, of an auto- autoimmune um, issue or condition such as celiac disease. But, um, you know, I mean, this really, really got my integrity thought processes going with this one. Um, Chloe Champdelaine, she's a 25-year-old backpacker potty and she's recently released that video of herself under duress mm. in the uh, aeroplane toilet. So celiac disease, a bit of information on that because she's ingested gluten. She's had half the cross on. Mm. I mean, you know which, you know, a regular croissant, you know, isn't gluten-free. But anyway, celiac disease affects approximately one out of 100 people worldwide. And I'm really certain, this is for any of our celiac listeners, I'm pretty sure it's a shit gut. (laughs) Now, the reason why Miss Shamdelaine has found herself in the doldrums of integrity reporting is because she is a content creator. Okay, according to her own website, she's a lifestyle travel blogger, blogger with a shitload of fans. And let's not dodge the elephant in the room, potty. She's an attractive young woman. Okay? So if I was a travel blogger, I don't think I'd be running around with the same momentum and following. Let's be fair, Dinkum. 
all right? And I'm not also too sure there would be many people wanting to read my blogs about pubs, sports stadiums and random history facts, all right? <laughs> but Chloe was on a flight from Dubai to, to Los Angeles earlier this month, as reported by the New York Post, when she was served a continental breakfast. Have you ever had a continental breakfast before? Certainly are. They're dog shit. Mm. I mean, they're just basically, it's like, we'll give you a breakfast, but we're going to try not to give you a breakfast. That's right. That's pretty much a yeah. continental breakfast. So um, the food item under the microscope here was a croissant. So while eating the delicious French delicacy, Miss Champ Delane realised that the food she was eating did not taste like shit. <laughs> and suspected that it might not actually be gluten-free. Okay, so like any real content creator, she then swiftly got the camera rolling. Okay, Chloe checked with the flight attendant only to find out the croissant was actually not gluten-free. She'd already tucked into half the treat. So symptoms of acute celiac episodes include abdominal bloating and pain, chronic diarrhoea, vomiting, constipation, pale, foul-smelling or fatty stool, mm. fatigue. The interesting thing here is what has been described above sound like the symptoms that every trader who tucks into the survey for breakfast, they have those symptoms as well. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so anyway... I mean, I was when I looked at the symptoms and I looked at the story, but I just thought, oh, far out. This attractive young f woman with pale and foul-smelling fatty stool. Mm. I was like, oh, that's, no. that's good for content. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, the Canadian has said that airlines need to do more to notify and provide alternatives for those suffering with celiac disease, which I, th I mean, that's a fair comment. That's not harsh. But um, I can sympathise with Miss Champ Delane as she has found herself in the shitty situation. But again, the old school no frills me just thinks get a grip. Get a grip. There are people in this world who need that croissant potty. Yep. There are, is starvation and hunger in this world. And not only is there a need to combat hunger and a range of other issues related to essential needs, Miss Champ Delane... You're making this argument whilst flying in a 560-tonne cylinder 30,000 feet above the sky. It just doesn't make sense, does it? No. <laughs> <laughs> oh, what are your thoughts on that one, mate? Oh, well, as we both spoke about before, we've um, known people who've uh, battled with celiac disease, and it, it's quite horrible, isn't it? Yeah. Like, um, some of the symptoms, some of the... Um, uh, how they are feeling when they're um, in a bad way, let's say. Mm, the inflammation. I, yeah, the inflammation. The people I've known have wouldn't be have the strength to be able to put together a video like this. Yes. Well, I would also assume that because you're an intelligent bloke, you surround yourself with intelligent people. Mm. I would assume that if they were offered a croissant, they'd probably go... Probably not gluten-free, brother. Especially after they bit into it and went, mm, this doesn't taste like soggy cardboard. <laughs> this, this actually has taste. Yeah. Yes. So, look, I'm not suggesting that she doesn't have this disease. I'm not suggesting that she doesn't struggle with it. All I'm suggesting is that perhaps she um, has seen this as an opportunity to um, get a few more followers. and Yeah. Views, views, ladies sorry. and gentlemen, views. Well, that is the integrity report. Uh, Chloe, get a grip. Uh, and, you know, 
get someone keep, to keep on keeping on. Yep, get someone to taste your croissants for you before you. <laughs> <laughs> Life's a garden. Dig it, Chloe. All right, anyway, mate. You've made the big time now. You've made the integrity report. Yes. The sky is the limit. Rightio, should we keep going, mate, now that we've uh, finished up talking all things gluten-free and uh, and poo? Mm, let's get rolling. Mate, uh, so we'll start off with the fights. So we had a we had a card. I, I mentioned it last week. So UFC two eighty nine from Rogers Arena in Vancouver, British Columbia. I told you I wasn't going to you know knock your hair back. Mm. It was um, yeah. So it was uh, Amanda Nunez versus Irene Aldana. Um, Oliveira versus Dariush was going to be the big hitter in that one. Um, however. Amanda Nunez, she, she's retained her title, uh, five rounds decision. So the the Mexican takeover has hit a bit of a speed bump. Irene Aldana was looking to become the third Mexican mixed martial arts champion in the UFC. Um, but Nunez announced her retirement at the end of it. So that yeah, big sort news. Of, yeah, it appears as though Juliana Pena, you know, on Twitter straight away, she's going to do her best to try and bring her out of retirement to get that fight. But, um, yeah, it'd be interesting. Big career. Um, you know, for me, I, it makes sense for Nunez. Time mm. to move on. She's a mum. Yeah. So do you reckon they'll get her back for that one last fight? I don't know. I don't know. The, yeah, paycheck's the, juicy the, pay, the paycheck would have to be uh, would have to be enticing. Mm. Um, Charles Oliveira, mate. He's uh, knocked out Benil Dariush mm. in the first round, which is a big win for Charles, like former champion. But he, he stood with Dariush early and he caught him and, and he finished the job. It was a it was a classic performance. Um, and, you know, he's back in the picture. It looks likely that he'll get the title shot, mm. um, which is big news for, for Charles. So, yeah, a pretty impressive win. Uh, Dan Ego versus Nate Landwehr. Now... Nate Land, where this was a pretty good fight, this one. He's, you know, he's tough as nails. Ego was impressive, you know, was was caught him with a couple, dropped him with a few. It, it went all the way. I was surprised that uh, Landwehr got out of that second round, but, um, you know, eventually Ego got the nod by decision in the end. And uh, Marc-Andre Barrio, uh, he got the decision in a tough battle at middleweight, but, you know, he was a, he was a clear winner in that one. Mm. Okay, and... Um what about in the boxing world, mate? Mate, the boxing, Tiafimo Lopez. He's he's won the uh, WBO junior middleweight, uh, welterweight, sorry, title. Um, you know, so he's got the win over British boxer Josh Taylor at Madison Square Garden. And for Aussie fans, get excited because, you know, Georgie Cambosis Jr. has just jumped straight on the socials and uh, he's seeking a rematch with Lopez, mm. get another big fight. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see how that goes. But the big fight that I had... Relatively no idea about, but turned out to be an absolute barn burner, was Floyd Mayweather versus John Gotti III. John Gotti, I know that name. Yeah, so Floyd Mayweather, he's he's obviously doing his, his exhibition tour. Like, he's been going around taking all these exhibition fights and, you know, just they're not, they're not recorded as professional bouts. No. So, he's, you know, there's no – and he's just made, trying to make cash. Yeah. 
Essentially, so he's got in, enough. got in the ring against uh, against John Gotti the third. So Gotti is the grandson of notorious mafia figure John Gotti. Mm. Okay, um, so you basically you're looking to draw in the eyes from that sort of hardcore, you know, mafia enthusiast crowd and and obviously uh, boxing fans as well. So, you know, it was. Did you see the end of that fight though? No, I missed the end of that fight. So anyway, so it's obviously it's an exhibition fight. So there's certain rules and regulations around exhibition fights. And I've got the, the finish that I'll run you through via video. However, the, the listeners will be able to listen into this one. So Floyd was doing good damage throughout the fight. So the refs called the fight. God, he hasn't had enough. Oh, he's keen. Comes around, Floyd catches him on the way and he's laughing and then just an absolute brawl ensues. Oh, wow. So they're all in here. So you can imagine the characters. So the money team that Floyd Mayweather rolls with and obviously the Gotti family and and those sort of personalities that roll, it was, you know, it it was a melting pot. Yeah. So anyway, Floyd's just in the corner. He's just lapping it up. It's all all well and good. He he doesn't give a give a rat's. He's going to cash a big fat check. But um, it was really really interesting because obviously being an exhibition fight, the referee just said, "Look, enough's enough. I'm losing control of this fight because Gotti's going at Floyd, and Floyd's just sort of laughing and piecing him up." Yeah. So for exhibition rules, the referee just goes, "No, nah, I'm I'm not having it." So it basically calls the fight. But what happened after that potty was obviously you've got two sets of fans and a crowd in the in the audience who are just going, oh, I've seen the chaos here. Let's continue it. So if you have a look at some of these videos that have occurred outside and the footage that has occurred outside the fights, everyone was kicking off. So this one, if I play this... Actually, I'll go to this one first. So this one's just a brawl that has occurred outside and there's these two blokes beating on a guy and then others go to break it up. So just tempers are boiled over in the crowd all over the place. These guys come in, break it up, and then a couple of other fellas just kick off. And there's just absolute... So this guy hits another guy for no reason. Then wow, next that minute, is crazy. they just come in and go, "Look, enough's enough. I'm gonna, I'm gonna take matters into my own hand here and just put the absolute Ooh. beat down on this fella." So you can imagine this has all occurred because of what's occurred in the ring. Yeah, you know, this is just boiled over. Now it gets worse. So Antonio Tarver, I believe, it's on his social media. These two chicks have gone at it. So these two ladies are just absolutely blue and one gets dragged off the other and the other one's just laying on the ground here. Oh, wow. I mean, she's got a rack out and all. <laughs> like, it is just embarrassing yeah, what wow. is going on there. But anyway, so if you, want to, uh, if you want to see what happened after the Floyd Mayweather, so obviously you'll get a replay of the, the finish of the fight um, 
on the socials, but also to any of those those other uh, sort of blues that kicked off outside. You'll be able to check those out. But mate, Rematch? it was all. <laughs> I don't reckon there was enough fighting going oh, on there to, wow. to last us at least another twelve months. That's hectic. Yeah. Oh, mate. Well, if that didn't take it out of you. What about we head to Vegas, mate? Oh, mate. The Golden Knights. Looking good, looking good. They're looking good. good. It's almost as if they've got some inspiration. for. They're fighting for something. We've talked about the inspiration, Mm. mate. So, I mean, they are only one win away from bringing Lord Stanley home to Sin City. And getting free lap dances for life. (sighs) Hustler Strip Club, where you at? (laughs) (laughs) Oh, what's been happening in the tennis, mate? Mate, French Open finals were played over the weekend, and as predicted last week, the um, uh, Inga uh, Schwartek and Novak Djokovic have gotten the chocolates. Um, that means that Schwartek's um, third um, French Open, fourth uh, major overall, and Novak Djokovic has three as well. Now, um, we may be seeing one of the greatest female players of all time early in her career, winning a lot of majors, hard to beat. One of her biggest contenders, Ash Barty, has obviously given away around about 12 months ago now. But the Joker, he has become the greatest tennis player of all time as far as number of Grand Slam victories is concerned. He has 23 Grand Slam titles now, taking over from Rafa Nadal, at the French Open, Rafa Nadal obviously not able to um, contest. Yep. And, um, I mean, is he the greatest of all time, Gregor? Look, I'm going to flip it, flip it back to you because, I mean, I'd take my opinion with a grain of salt, but I would love to hear what your idea and understanding on this is and then I'll see where I sit with that. All right. So, so do uh, you think he's the greatest of all time? Fewer numbers. So on pure numbers, he is the greatest of all time. He's about to eclipse Roger Federer as making the most semi-finals of all times. He's won the most grand finals of all time. He's won the most, um, um, uh, I think, APT thousand, uh, ATP thousands, mm. the um, tennis tournaments. He he's definitely has the numbers to back it up. Look, I'm a Roger fan, yeah. so I always wanted Roger to finish the greatest. The big tick in his box is most people who you talk to say it's got to be Novak, it's got to be Roger, it's got to be Rafa, and he has winning records against all of them. Yeah. So it's very hard to argue against it. My big um, – my, it's very hard to compare errors and it's very hard to compare whether people are the greatest unless they played in exactly the same – period of time. Yeah, we fall into that trap a lot. Mm, we fall into that trap. Roger was playing for five or six years at the top level before Novak came along. He was playing Andre Agassi in his prime. He was playing Pete Sampras in his prime. Mm. He was playing um, Leighton Hewitt in his prime. Oh, Leighton Hewitt. Now, talk about a prime. Mm. Like, Leighton Hewitt. Oh, mate, come on. Um, Goran Izanizovic. Oh, yes. Yes. Um, oh, mate, you're bringing back some uh, some heavy hitters here. Look, he, he certainly deserves to be in the conversation. Um, whether he's the greatest of all time, I mean, how can you possibly say he's greater than Rod Laver, mm. who I think won 12 or uh, something like that, but a um, couple of the – like he played during that era where tennis was going professional and mm. and uh, a lot of three or four of the best years of his life weren't – he didn't get to play the majors. Yeah. So I don't really think you could say he's the greatest of all time, but um, 
he's certainly up there, and I don't know that anyone will ever take his record as far as the most majors. Yeah, I mean, it's it's like rugby league. I mean, you can say that Clive Churchill was the little master and he was, you know, one of the greatest players to ever walk the earth. Mm. But how would he go against Luttrell? Yeah. Like, you know, how do you – if you put Luttrell back in his – team mm. what does Latrell do like yeah, it's just it, there's just no comparison and I think we're almost at sometimes it, it's great to talk about it's good discussion but um yeah you've almost just got to step back and go you know what they're all great they're yeah. great like we just embrace the fact that we're able to watch them look where I'm where I'm at with this I, I think we're pr- you know obviously pretty similar I would suggest that what Federer has got going for him is the fact that he had that head-to-head with Nadal mm. you know and I think you know, and I'm obviously not the the best to talk on this, but I, I feel as though that rivalry that Federer and Nadal had in their prime, just like two balls locking horns, yep. you know, is something that Novak hasn't got. You mm. know, so he's almost picked up a lot of his titles around, you know, the back end of that rivalry, and then obviously, yeah, it's it's worked. In terms of his number, he hasn't got that, you know, that person dragging him along or, or taking titles from him as such. Yeah, and, and, and the other thing is um, Federer um, took the comp- competition, Federer took tennis to a new level mm. and then Nadal came and then Djokovic came. Would there be a Djokovic without a Roger Federer? Would there yeah. be a Djokovic without a Nadal? Would there be a Federer without a um, Peach Sampras? Would there be a... Um, uh, you know, Pete Sampras without someone like a Bjorn Borg or something mm. like that. I mean, I, one thing's for certain, though, with Nadal near almost done, you'd have to imagine he's pretty much said it himself and Roger giving away at the end of last year. Uh, world sport um, has lost one of its, like, couple of its great rivalries. Yeah. You used to look for, even if you weren't a tennis fan, you used to look forward to watching the final because Nadal, Federer and, and or Djokovic were all yeah. going to be and there. When they, were, when they were playing well, you looked at the draw and went, are they going to clash? That's right. You know, where, where are they sitting? Who's, yeah, who's getting through? The 2017 Australian Open um, final, um, Roger, who was down and out, was ranked 13th, no chance against Rafa Nadal. People flew in from everywhere. I think um, David Beckham might have been there. Yeah. Um, just like celebrities playing thousands and thousands of dollars to come and see that game because they knew it was probably going to be the yeah. last. And, um, yeah, so, look, my favourite will always be Roger. Um, I don't know how many um, Grand Slams Novak's got a win to be able to take... To sway you. To sway me. But he, he, he's certainly um, one, of, one of the greats. And, you know, the, the youngsters these days, they might win one if he decides to give it away. Yeah. Speaking of youngsters, mate, um, is there anything else that sort of caught your eye around the tennis this week, mate? Well, people came in and were congratulating Novak because whether he's the greatest of all time or not, yeah. it's a hell of an achievement, oh, isn't it? absolutely, yeah. know, And, um, you know... Uh, Stefano Tsitsipas, the oh, Greek... Just, mate, you could say that all day and oh, I just, you nail it. The Greek tennis god has come in and he has left a heartfelt, beautiful message on uh, Twitter congratulating Novak. Yeah. Would you like to hear the message, mate? Yeah, read it to me, mate. You've touched our hearts with your unwavering spirit and strong determination. Oh. Your ability to bounce back from challenges has become a symbol of hope for fans around the world. Yes. Thank you 
for showing us that with hard work and passion, dreams can become reality. Mate, they're strong words. Did, did you tear up a little bit? Is that oh, magic? Man, I would just, yeah, for, from a bloke who was, you know, I mean, 18 months ago was absolutely carved up <laughs> by everybody in society <laughs> for trying to sneak into our country. <laughs> they are very nice words. Oh, well, mate, do you think you're, y- yourself, do you think you've got the, um, the skill the the the, ten, the tender touch to write words like that. Oh, I, I don't think I'd be that good. And also, to what makes it even more amazing is obviously English wouldn't be Stefano's first language. No, no. You know, no. to be able to deliver that in something that is not your native tongue is just it, it's unbelievable. Unbelievable. But good news, I've got some news for you. What's that, mate? You could do that. Yeah, we have. Well, because. Stefano, he's used chat GPT. Oh, <laughs> so a fan is he's, he's gone the, the old-fashioned AI. A fan has recognised uh, the same as we have, that those words seem pretty impressive, yeah. especially for someone whose English is not their first language yeah. and who is not noted for being ultra-sensitive. He's punched in in a chat um, GPT and got a bit of AI to do it for oh, him. Mate. Is this the way of the future? Is this where we're at? Well, we're seeing a lot. And, you know, without without diving into things, I mean, there are, there are some some words that, and as, as the listeners know, we're educators, there are some words that come across our desks these days that we just go... Oh, crumbs. Come on, guys. Do better. <laughs> Do better. At least hide it a little bit more. <laughs> oh, anyway. St- Stefano Sitsipas, well done, mate. Well done, mate. Oh, NBA, mate. The Denver Nuggets. The Nugs. The Nuggets have won their first NBA championship this morning. They've, um, oh, yeah, today. Uh, they took out uh, Miami. Mm. And, uh, yeah, so four, four to one. Four to one in the series. So uh, took a... Game five back in Denver, you know, they were able to wrap it up and, um, yeah, fully deserved the Joker. No. The Joker gets his uh, gets his NBA ring. Mm. But, yep. um, yeah, I mean, I, I watched the last couple of games of the final series. I was, um, you know, I'd, I'd heard a lot. I'm obviously not the biggest basketball fan at all. Um, however, I, I'd heard a lot about, you know, just the Joker's distribution and his, his court play. And I, I thought, oh, I better check this out, especially if he's going to win the win the championship. And, mate, he's, he's pretty impressive. Like, mm. he, he hit this three-pointer. Three, three he's hit it in game four. From oh, I mean, at least a meter and a half, two meters outside the free, the the three point line, mm. and mate, you just flushed it, and I was like, ah, special, special. <laughs> so uh, yeah, congratulations, to the Denver Nuggets. Well done, um, the Nuggies. Yeah, so well done, guys. First championship. Um, yeah, Nikola Jokic. Yeah, guiding the team to victory. Mm. And. Um Finally on sport, mate, because we've... Oh, no, we've got a couple left. Hang on. It's just a huge mate, week in sport. Mate, it's... Uh, let's call sport the midwife, mate. It's always delivering. It is, mate. It is. Uh, the US Open golf begins this week. Um, uh, for my money, it's going to be hard to beat um, Scotty Scheffler, Johnny Rahm and Brooks Kepka. They're all right up there as far as favourites are concerned. Isn't uh, Brooks Kepka one of those live guys? He is. So he is. is he allowed to play, is he? I think so. Oh, that was hey, last week's on, news. On, on, hey, hey, the boys are coming in cashed up. Cashed up. 
Uh, Cam Smith, another one of those boys. I'm, I'm not 100% sure that Cam's in the same sort of form he was 12 months ago. Mm. So... Uh, I, I don't know where he'll go. I still I mean, he's think probably got a bad back. He's, I mean, that wallet, around. that oh, wallet maybe. in the back of his pants would be weighing him down. Certainly would, wouldn't it? And um, uh, look, I just don't know that our other Aussie hopes there, Jason Day, Adam Scott. Although Jason Day playing well, I just don't know whether they got four days of good golf in them to mm. against the best golfers to win a major. I'd love to see it. I just don't see it uh, happening. Um, no, there's only one day, Jason. Yep, that's ah, <laughs> got, got him. him. Uh, I um, uh, I think the one, winner will probably be one of the um three that we mentioned above. But yep. wouldn't it be good to see Tony Feeney? I'll get the chockies. We love Tony here. Yes, and um, I, I just yeah, I'd love to see it. Uh, Matty Fitzpatrick is the defending champion, mm. and you can't go past giving Colin uh, Morikawa a chance as well. He's a two-time major winner. Yep. Uh, if you're going to pick outside of those guys, I do like the uh, look of Norwegian Victor Hovland. Hovland's been there or thereabouts this year. Like he you, you see, he's, he's consistent. He's always, you know, around, you know, that top end of the leaderboard and he's always in with a shot. Yeah, so he's ranked quite highly at the moment. Second to the PGA Championship behind Brooks last month and a couple of months ago, seventh at the Masters. So that's fairly significant. And he won mm. the Memorial Tournament this week. Uh, and he beat a hefty competition, Jordan Spieth, Rory McIlroy, Scotty Scheffler, all in the top ten there. So yeah. he's in good nick. So if you're looking for um, somebody outside those absolute top favourites, mm. might be uh, time for Victor the Inflictor. Ooh, if you're mm. looking to have a bit of a dabble. Not that we'd endorse that, especially not following us. Gamble responsibly, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen. All right. Mate, the cricket. The cricky. So, um, did you watch any of the cricket over the last week? I caught up with it, mate. I, I You know, just on and off. Obviously, I didn't sit down for the uh, the five days of it. But no. um, I was – I'd never really gotten the gist of it. Like, mm. um, you know, I knew it was I, – I, you know, Australia's playing India and I've, I've tuned in I've gone – it's at the Oval. Yeah. What's going on? You know, so, um, yeah, I quickly uh, became aware that it was the, the final of the World Test Championship. Um, so yeah. the World Test Champions, Australia's won it. Just speaking about the match, basically in the first innings for Australia, Steve Smith and, um, got himself a 100, and so did Travis Head, a big 100, 161, and, and that proved to be the difference. Australia winning by 209 runs. All the bowlers yep. bowled well, shared in the spoils, went a bit the way um, you would have thought. A lot of the um, uh, paces sort of um, uh, Mitch Stark, Pat Cummins. Good liner. Yeah, took yeah, took bowl and blow. He, you know, he was good. Yeah, well, he's keeping. Um, he's a chance of keeping Hazelwood out of the squad at the moment. Mm. He's bowling that well, and uh, Gary Lyon bought at home in the second. Um, yep. in the second innings with four wickets, really good. And, and so Australia are now the uh, World Test champions. And it was really nice of uh, Marnus Labuschagne to wake up from his sleep to go and have a hit as well. <laughs> well, I'll tell you <laughs> what, isn't isn't that? I'll tell you what, that's the sort of a thing where because he's playing well, yeah. People are just going to laugh at that. If he starts playing ordinary... Oh, yeah, there you go. Oh, mate, he's, he's off his game. Be all over him like a fly on dog shit. Yes. Yeah, so Good um, headache, though, for um, Andrew McDonald and the Australian selectors coming into the Ashes with Scotty Bolan, who averages a tick under 15 um, runs per wicket at the moment in Test cricket. Uh, do they pick him? Do they pick Hazelwood? Yeah, you, you'd want that headache, wouldn't you? Absolutely. Before we dive too far... Um, 
it was odd to me. Like, I mean, I'm a, I'm a traditionalist mm. when it comes. And I know, obviously, the ICC are on this little, you know, I mean, well, we're growing the game. Like, they, they seem to be putting such an effort to grow the game and tend to be only growing the game in India. Mm. I mean, that's because the population's growing. Yeah. Like, it's just this massive effort to try and – and they obviously wanted to make world champions – or a World Cup essentially for every format. So yep. 2020, 50 over, test match. And they can't do a traditional World Cup format, which usually takes no, four to six weeks because it would take four to six years. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. to get everyone through it. But, you know, even looking at, like, test cricket, like, let's cut the bullshit. If you are playing India in a test match, you should not be playing at the Oval. No. You know, you should be playing in the subcontinent. If India is the ranked... Yeah, you know, if you're going to do it, you know, if they're higher, more higher ranked, then you're going to have it in, you know, play it in India. Yep. If Australia's more highly ranked, you're going to send India out for the Australian summer. Yep. And you're going to have the winner on that. Like, yep. I mean, that's how you can merge it in with it. You know, test cricket is about the test series and having that home field advantage and being able to test yourself around yep. the world on different conditions. And really all they've done is gone, oh, where are both teams going to be? Oh, hang on. Australia's going to be in England for the um, uh, Ashes summer. Oh, I mean, so it's good just, for us. Yeah, like we basically, we, we get a test match in. Yeah, a good you warm-up. Know, yeah, a good warm-up at the Oval. And we are talking about that the other episode where we are saying that, you know, we're not we're not going to get a lead-in match. But, you know, still it is not test cricket. Like, far out. Let's go over to India and just roll them in their own backyard mm. and we'll call ourselves champions. Well, we were, de- we were, we were in the subcontinent earlier this year, I think. Yeah, you mm. would have thought that perhaps there was the opportunity to... Yep. Absolutely. We could have won it then and they could have given us the golden mace. That's right. <laughs> oh, how is that trophy? Oh. Like, I mean, I know we were in London. We were in royal territory. The monarch. It was the monarch's day yesterday here in Australia. But if is that trophy that they were handed for winning the World Test Championship you know, have you seen the picture of it? Oh, I've seen it, mate. Mate, it looks like a, a gold oversized Google drop pin. It does. <laughs> That's what it looks like. Like the golden mace. Like oh. what? A, like it had me thinking straight away, what are some of the shittest trophies you've ever seen, mate? Oh, mate, well, the first one that comes to mind for me has to be the um, – the A-League toilet seat. Oh, trophy. the toilet seat. The Frisbee. Oh, the Frisbee. <laughs> oh, oh, have a look at that. I'm going to roll through some images as we go through. So i got it. got a picture of Alex Brosk, yep. Sydney FC legend, holding up the, the toilet seat. The toilet seat. What else, mate? What else you got? Mate, I reckon the, like, to be honest with you, like, I love my rugby league and I'm blue to the core, but the State of Origin Shield is fucking dog shit. <laughs> like, seriously, be better. Yeah. Like, how terrible is that shield? Have a look at it. Yeah. It is ass pie. Yeah. Oh. But, you Controversial know. Controversial one. Um, maybe not um, shit looking as such, but but the ashes, tiny. Oh, yes. Yeah. So, but they're... There's a reason behind there that. There is a so reason you, you behind You can it. wear that. Yeah. Now, another one which is interesting, and, you know, you're going to get me started, the Commissioner's Trophy is given to the Major League Baseball winners. Have you seen the Commissioner's Trophy, mate? Have a look at this thing. Mate, oh. it looks like a musical instrument that I would not play. It looks like <laughs> a harp it does. that has been wrapped around in a circle. Oh, 
But anyway, and what makes it worse is it's called the Commissioner's Trophy. Yeah. Like, you know my – you've got my thoughts on owners, mm. talking about owners, going up and receiving the trophy. The Denver Nuggets, Arsenal fans – are going to be upset with this one. Stan Kroenke, the owner of Arsenal Football Club and owner of Denver Nuggets, going and collecting oh, the NBA title today, yeah. handing it off to Stan. Arsenal, tell me what you think. Oh. Arsenal fans, tell me what you think of Big Uncle Stan. <laughs> Get on, let us know. Uh, and surely so, there's got to be a, a winner, though, in the trophy game, mate. Well, going back to my point there, you know, to call a trophy like a premiership trophy... Mm. The Commissioner's Trophy, like far out. It's, you know, it's like us calling, you know, the NRL to, oh, we're going to give them the, the Volandis Cup. Yep. Like, mate, Come on. just get back in your box. Uh, the final one, mate, is I was searching for this one. I thought, oh, what are some other <laughs> other sh-? So the Army National Guard have a combatives competition each year. Now, <laughs> I encourage you guys to go on Google and search up, We'll get it up on the, the social. Army, yeah, we'll get it up on the social. So the the Army National Guard's combative, and it dead set looks like this bloke is pulling guard. He's got his head buried, you know, looking like he's delivering an act of fellatio whilst he pulls a triangle on top of him. It mm. is an absolute <laughs> disgrace. Oh. So, Like how did that get through the checks? Oh, I mean, it's... It's got to be a piss take. It absolutely has to be. But if you know of any other trophies that are just flat out shit house, you know where to get us. Uh, the social me at Sports Detention. Or if you'd like to email us, if you're old school, Sports Detention Podcast at gmail.com. Get us there. Get yeah, you know it. Mate, but talking about, so we've talked about shit trophies. Now, two of the best that I like. I can't go past, past the Lombardi. Yeah. The Lombardi's good, isn't it? Like, if you look at that no, for a trophy. Just, yeah, that's an absolute ripper. So the Lombardi trophy for the NFL and also, too, mate, the Premier League. Oh. The Premier League. The Premier League. The Premier League is a, is a cracker. Uh, is there any any good ones that you like? Well, a little bit different. Not so much a trophy, but um, I think about golf and I think about the green jacket at the Masters. Yes. Yeah, so... Yeah, a, a jacket. Yeah. Says that, a lot about it. That's pretty That's pretty classy if you ask me. Yeah. Now, I'm going to have one more swing before we finish off here, mate. Another another one that I know like. The FIFA World Cup. Mm. Have a look, ladies and gentlemen. The FIFA World Cup. If I can't drink out of it, it ain't a fucking cup. Yeah. <laughs> Let's be fair, Dinkum. If I can't drink out of it, it ain't a cup. Yeah. The FIFA World Cup is garbage. They need to change that. Yeah. Get on it. We've got some ideas. <laughs> All right, mate. Let's get into the uh, into the multis, mate. How'd you go? How'd oh, you go? mate. Well, two from three this week. I actually picked the uh, dragons, as I said, which I thought I was pr- uh, I was pretty impressed with, and I picked the um. Uh, nuggets to get the job done. So, yep. uh, but then the Western Bulldogs let me down, and that's what I get for picking AFL, mate. Yeah, yeah. Look, mate. Should, no, t- no sympathy here. No, should, don't know a thing about it. Should have stayed clear, and uh, got a little bit greedy on the odds, and uh, I went down. But um, you know, two out of three, um, you know, that's pretty good. But sports best disagree. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they don't return on, <laughs> mate. Um, tennis. Yep. 
Why do I even fucking bother, mate? <laughs> Honestly. Seriously, I was out before the weekend had even started, but I did pick up Nunez and Schwantek. Schwantek. Yeah. So I did end up with two out of three, but my hope was lost by Friday. So, yeah, it was it was awful for me. Two out of three, so it looks it looks way better. It's, it's full, always bad losing it, the first, mate, Yeah, it? it's fool's gold, that one, yeah. that result. So, um yeah, uh, gamble responsibly, ladies and gentlemen. Gamble responsibly. All right, mate. It's time. The moment they all wait for, the moment they love. Penis of the week. Mate, the penis of the week. All right, um, I'll get cracking with it first for this one, mate. Why does that, mate? Mate, um, my penis of the week, going off the back of Conair and, you know, the idea that, uh, you know, people with an element of training are lethal weapons... Um, I couldn't help but just dive back into the uh, the content that is provided by McDojo Life on Instagram, and this is an absolute pisser. So McDojo Life, what he he's got a, he's got a page, and I encourage everyone to go and follow it because it's absolutely hilarious, and it's just made up of people who are like martial arts experts who you know obviously do fake stuff. And lead people to believe it. It's very cultish, <laughs> so to speak. So I've got a couple of videos here that I'll, I'll show you, mate. So this first one is obviously this bloke who's using energy to propel a combatant away from him. That pulls him towards me. I want to feel where that force is coming from, feel that line, and then absorb it using the magnetic frequency. Oh, oh, this one. The magnetic frequency. Once we understand that phenomena, we don't need um, our hands. <laughs> oh, he's moving him. We want to repel oh. him before he touches us. <laughs> oh, this is fantastic. Oh, that's as good as you'll see. Oh, mate, there's one more. One more. Let's let's have a look. Oh, he's just flicking his fingers and blokes are falling left, right and centre. Oh. All right, before we get cut off for the music uh, interruption, I'll turn that one off. But ladies and gentlemen, we'll put a couple of those ones up on the story on Instagram for you to check out. So, uh, mate, it's very clear that my penis of the week is martial artists who do shit that doesn't work, mate. You are a penis. Yep, you are. All right, mate, and my one. Um, so there was a little bit of controversy in the test match between India and Australia over the um, weekend in the fact that Cam Green, the uh, Australian all-rounder, has taken a catch which was somewhat controversial, ended up being given out. Now, in cricket, it's a little bit different. It's meant to be a little bit of an honesty policy. Like yeah. They will check it now that they've got the technology and the reviews, but it sort of stems back to the, the days before that technology where you yeah. were expected to have a ball touch the ground. Adam Gilchrist rule. Yeah, the Adam, the Gilchrist. Adam Gilchrist rule. <clears throat> and anyway, um, the video footage was a little bit inconclusive. It looked like it may have touched the ground, but he's claimed it. He thought he got his fingers under it. He thought he caught it. He didn't... Um, uh, revoke his appeal and yep. therefore technology decided to support it and he was given out. He was booed by the Indian uh, cricket fans who were there and they were chanting, cheated him as he walked off. No problem. Yeah. You pay your money to get in. Fine. Yeah. Fair enough. Like, I've been there. I've, um, 
you know, sat on the couch on more than one occasion and thought um, a referee was um, deliberately trying to make my life worse with a few of the decisions he was yeah. making. <clears throat> no problem at all. Where I have a little bit of a problem is that um, the fans who took to social media and not only started throwing derogatory comments at um, Cam Green but also started making threats towards him and the life of his um, partner. Yeah. Come on, guys. Like, honestly, like, I... Fully understand your passion. I yeah. fully, I could put myself in that position, know how you'd feel that, and I've got no problem with you booing or yelling out cheat. But threatening somebody whose life who had nothing to do with it, like you're a penis. Well, that's exactly right. I mean, there's a fine line between being a passionate fan and being a fuckwit, mm. and um, you guys stepped over that line. Yeah, you trampled all <laughs> over it. So for me, you know, uh, uh, hey, guys. You'd lost by 209 runs. It might not have been that decision that cost you, so bad luck. Penis. Yeah. Absolute penis. Yes, look, I mean, that is wrapped up in a, in gifted to us all. Penis of the week, those Indian fans. Um, and just anybody, who th- if you think you can go on social media and say, do and say whatever you mm. want. Yeah. And, you know, you're a penis. Simple as that. 100%. Rightio, mate, that does us. We have tucked another one in the bag. Next time we uh, next time we bring it all together, mate, we'll be one day off Origin 2, mate. Mate. So looking forward to it. Looking forward to that. We'll give a good review of what we think is going to happen, throw in our predictions. Yeah. I mean, obviously we can tell. I mean, we know what's going to happen. I yeah. mean, the Blues are going to flog them. An mate. absolute murdering a butchering. Yeah. And then we'll be there Thursday morning and um, we'll discuss the bloodbath that was another Blues victory. Yeah. Now, I know I talked about it before the last Origin game, talking about Bluey. Mm. And Bluey had the Origin, the decider. Yep. So I'll probably watch that another 10 times this week. Yeah, I'll show but, the kids. Mate, cricket. Cricket. The cricket one. Mm. So there's a new cricket one. Obviously, with the Ashes coming up, they've dropped a cricket episode on us as well. So, you know, for any of, of you out there who are dads and got young kids and you want to tickle that uh, or scratch that sporting itch, let's let's put it, um, whilst also entertaining your children, Bluey, the decider, then the cricket. Get let's on get it. it. Rightio, mate. That'll do. It's tucked away. Another victory. Another victory. So, um, to any of our listeners out in parks, home of the spacemen, we say good night. And farewell. <laughs>